0: Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's Motivational Aim Targets, Forced Aims. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to this series I'm covering entitled Aim. The aim for this series is to encourage listeners on the importance of aiming towards your God, honoring targets God's way. And the aim for this series is to encourage listeners on the dangers and or consequences associated with pursuing aims that have absolutely nothing to do with the person's destiny. Some people are pursuing aims that have absolutely nothing to do with God's plan for their life, and the aims have absolutely nothing to do with the promises and desires God wants that individual to enjoy. And I understand that people want their desires fulfilled, But there is a right way in achieving one's aims. And then there are wrong ways a person can go about achieving their aims. And it doesn't matter if one's aims are God-honoring or not. A person can have a God-honoring aim. But if they go about that God-honoring aim trying to fulfill it their way apart from God's way, that's a problem. That's a problem. So it doesn't matter if it's a God-honoring aim or if it's not. If a person is going after their aims the wrong way, apart from God, not doing what God commanded them to do, not doing what God wants them to do, then that aim is destined for failure. It might look like success, but in the grand scheme of it all, is failure. What we want to do and what we want to aim to do is achieve aims God's way and achieve the aims God wants us to achieve. And if we achieve even a God-honoring aim out of season because we forced it, it can be a snare to you or a snare to me or a snare to anybody and cause all kinds of issues, situations, troubles, just matters that an individual didn't have to deal with from the jump. So if you have not already, feel free to listen to the previous episodes in the series as I target in on the motivational aim, forced aims. Force, what is force? Force can be defined as violence, compulsion, constraint, exerted upon or against a person or a thing. Force is something done or produced with effort, exertion, and or pressure. So, what is a forced aim? Well, a forced aim, the Dr. Kenitra Bryant definition of a forced aim is, a forced aim is when a person exerts pressure, effort, and or makes something happen, or makes someone do something, in order to reach an intended, targeted goal. Okay, a forced aim is when a person exerts pressure, effort, and or makes something happen or makes someone do something in order to reach an intended, targeted goal. Now, have you ever had a goal in life, if you're just honest, That you wanted to achieve. And let's say this goal was a goal that was not in your best interest. And let's say that goal was not in your best interest because it had nothing to do with God. Or it was not in your best interest because you were trying to force that goal in your life out of season with the wrong person. Whatever it is. Have you ever had a goal in life that you wanted to achieve The goal was not in your best interest at that particular time, or it was not in your best interest at all. And you forced that aim to achieve your desires. Or you could have had a God-honoring goal. This goal could have been a God-honoring goal. A God-honoring aim. The goal was not producing the fruit that you wanted it to produce in the time frame you wanted it to. But instead of waiting, you went on and forced that aim to produce in your life. Has that ever happened? I know it's happened with me. Let me that's not even the right word to use. It didn't happen. I forced it. (gasps) It didn't it didn't happen. I forced my own aims. Some of those aims were God-honoring. Somebody could look at it and like, oh that that's a good aim. You you doing that for God. That's good. Yeah. And then some of them had nothing to do with God at all, okay? Um but I forced it for not it them because it was a whole bunch of them. I forced them And what happened? I got a revelation. That when you force aims, there are consequences associated with that. God still loves you, but there are consequences associated with that. That's just how it goes. Now, going back to those questions I asked, in either scenario, whether it be a God-honoring aim or something that had nothing to do with God, it was all just selfish, soulful, whatever it is you wanted to do to or a person, not you, because I know y'all don't do that. But when a person forces their aims to be fulfilled their way in their time, apart from God's way in God's time, no matter if it is a God-honoring aim or not, consequences follow. There will be an outcome that one has to deal with and live out. And I'm aware that there are points in life when people have to force themselves to achieve their aims in a positive manner. And what I mean by that is a person might have to force themselves to live a healthy lifestyle. They have to force their aims, they have to force their body to do the right thing, they have to force their mind to get on track. They have to force themselves to get up and get out. Somebody might have to force themselves to get up and get out because depression is trying to hold them captive. Somebody might have to force themselves to get up and talk to God and pray to God and worship God because their flesh doesn't want them to do that. Their flesh wants to, no, let's relax. Let's just chill. We can watch TV all day. The flesh wants to do that. We can go here. We can do that. No, you got time to talk to God. You don't have to make time for that. So a person might have to tell their flesh, shut up. I got to do this. I have to force myself to achieve this aim of drawing close to God so God can draw close to me. I have to force myself to, let me put these TV programs and shows and all of this on hold because right now this adds no value to my life. Yes, entertaining, but it's not going to get me through a storm. It's not going to get me through what I'm going through right now. So I have to force myself to do something else. So those are some aims that a person might have to force themselves to achieve, forcing themselves to drink water when all they do is snack on salt and sugar all day so yeah in those scenarios it's important or forcing themselves to shut up when they feel like they have to have the last word and everything forcing themselves to shut up because they don't need to jump into gossip forcing themselves to shut up because they don't know the full story and they're going off of what one person said feeling sorry for a person and the person's a bona fide liar So they're picking up their calls, going to fight battles they have no business fighting, and then getting molly whopped in the process because it wasn't theirs to pick up. So yeah, a person does need to force themselves to shut up in those situations. Why? Because all of that is important. Because that person is trying to go somewhere and trying to do something. But the context of this motivational aim targets in on how a person can force an aim, that God didn't authorize them to force. Now, the examples I just provided where somebody has to force an aim, God authorized that. God authorized them to force the aim to eat healthy. God authorized them to force the aim to have a relationship with him, draw close to him, get up and pray, get up and read your Bible, get up and worship him. Those are some aims God did authorize for you to enforce. In your life or in my life. But I'm talking about as I mentioned earlier. The context of this motivational aim. Forced aims. Targets in on how a person can force an aim. That God did not authorize them to enforce or force. And instead of listening to God. Regarding the warning signs and the consequences of what that forced aim will cause in a person's life. Well, several people's lives. Because when a person is aiming towards any type of goal, it's not all about them. It's going to impact other people, whether they know it or not. The aimer, the person aiming towards the target, the person aiming towards the goal, the aimer, A-I-M-E-R... When the aimer forces the aim that God didn't authorize, God didn't permit, God did not okay, and that God is not in, then that aimer, in due time, will find out what they forced is something they really didn't want. Sometimes, and I believe some people are saying... (laughs) You're right. You sure write. right. Yeah, because sometimes a person can force an aim all because they are tired. They are tired. They are weary. They are frustrated of their current conditions. That's why some people force aims. Some people force aims because they're tired of what they have going on right now and what they've been going through. They're tired of looking at the same condition over and over again. Tired of living this way, whatever this way means in their life. Another reason a person could choose to force an aim is because they're looking at what other people have and then they start comparing their situation, their life to somebody else's life, not realizing that. They are in the best position. The person they are comparing themselves to, and they think, I want to force my aims to be just like them. They have no idea that their life is the better option. And let me say this too. Let's say the person who is comparing themselves to another person, and they think, well, I'm going to force some aim so I can be like them because they're living this way and I'm tired of living this way. Okay, let's say the other person they are copying or comparing themselves to, they are living a better life than them. Let's say they are. In any situation, forcing the aim, apart from God's way, God's time, God's plan, is still wrong for the person trying to force the aim because... God has something special for you. God has something special for that person. That's that person's life. You're going or the person is going in a different direction. So sometimes when people start forcing aims, trying to be like people, they're pointing their targets a little too low because they're trying to be like somebody else when God has designed them to be Above and never beneath. On top and never the bottom. Some people don't know what they're really aiming towards. They think, well, let me just go over here because it looks like I can manipulate this the way I want. And then a person gets over there, gets what they think they want, and finds out, dang, this is not even what I wanted. Lord, if I would have just waited. If I would have just not forced these aims, this is, is trash. It's, it's not what I wanted. And in due time, a person will see it's not what they wanted. But nevertheless, when a person goes ahead and forces aims that they don't need, and when a person forces aims towards targets that were never created for them to aim towards, that person who's forcing that aim is trying to make something be they're trying to make something be without having the full understanding that when a person forces something in a direction not meant for them to go it might look like things are going right but things backfire each time <laughs> it's similar to a person who has let's say a rubber band And let's say this rubber band has a lot of resistance built into it. I'm not talking about those skinny, long rubber bands where when you stretch them out, there's no resistance. No, I am referring to a rubber band that is large, it's wide. You can barely, I guess, stretch it because there's so much resistance in that rubber band. Let's say a person has that rubber band, that rubber band that has that extra strength resistance. A person takes that rubber band and they try to manipulate it as if they're trying to stretch it. So when they release the rubber band, the rubber band is supposed to hit the target they want to hit, the target that they have their eyes on. Now, the rubber band has its purpose, and the purpose of the rubber band is not for flinging across the room. It's not to stretch that type of rubber band to go towards these long distances. That's not what the rubber band was designed to do. But the person who has the rubber band looks at the rubber band and says you know what I want to use this rubber band to do what I want it to do my way and I know my rubber band is for me to keep my assignments together in an organized way but I want to use this rubber band to do what I see other people doing so the person gets that rubber band that's not designed to stretch real wide and release and let it fly across the room that's not what that rubber band was designed to do but they take that rubber band knowing it has all of that resistance in it it takes effort to stretch that rubber band i'm talking about the person trying to stretch it and trying to use it to fling across the room they are putting in some extra power in their hands, their fingers, their shoulders, and their back. Their face is all crazy because they are trying to position the rubber band to go a certain way. It looked like they're playing a, a video game. Y'all yeah, know how people look when they play those video games. That's what the person looks like. They release the rubber band in the direction they think they want it to go. Everything looks right. They got it to stretch as wide as they wanted to, even though it took some time. They were able to stretch it. Their arms are positioned the right way. They let the rubber band go. And what happens? You got it. That rubber band is going to snap back at them, going straight towards their face, going straight towards their neck, their teeth, their eye is going to backfire in their face. They're going to be attacked by the rubber band. The very thing that they forced to go in a direction that it was never meant to go, it was never meant to stretch like that, it was never meant to be forced like that, that rubber band is going to snap back and attack the aimer. Why? Why? Because the rubber band was forced. It was not suitable for stretching in that manner. That person forced that rubber band that was not designed to fly to do something that they wanted, which was have their aims achieved. That rubber band was not built for that. The rubber band was not designed to fulfill those forced aims. Why? Because that rubber band has a calling. That rubber band has a purpose. That rubber band had an assignment. And the rubber band backfired. It rejected the forced aim. It just rejected it. And it caused damage. Now, (laughs) what's crazy is people want to, some... Some people want to blame the rubber band for causing all of this damage. Oh, the rubber band hit me in my face. The rubber band attacked me. The rubber band didn't do what I wanted it to do. I stretched it. I put in time. I tried my best to encourage it that it it could just go this way if it just do what it needs to do. But when I released it, after I tried to force it, it hit me. It attacked me. It hit my eye. My teeth got knocked out. Everything around me is in disarray. It's not the rubber band's fault. It's not the rubber band. It's the aimer. Who is responsible for that? The aimer picked up something that they know was not designed for them to have. It was not designed for them to try to force. And the rubber band kept telling it, hey, I I don't do that. That's not what I do. I can't do that. I'm not built for that. My task is this. But, no, 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 you, I can I can really make you go where I want you to go. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to paint you. I'm going to design you the way I want you to look. And you're going to go where I want you to go. In Jesus' name. Some folks do that. Yes, they do. But then they want to holler about how they... Put all this effort into stretching. I, I put in all this work. Then they start crying. Talking about their victim. How the rubber band abused them. The rubber band is rude. The rubber band didn't produce what I wanted it to produce. All the rubber band had to do was what I wanted it to do. We could have been all right if you would just did what I need you to do, rubber band. The rubber band didn't have to hit me. The rubber band didn't have to do all of that. I don't even know why the rubber band just won't get up and walk. It just lays there all day. That's all that rubber band do is just lay there all day. Don't get up and do nothing. What? (laughs) What it all boils down to is someone forcing their aims to go in a direction God never told them to aim towards. A person picked up an aim, tried to use anything they could to have that aim enforced in their life. And I'm just using a rubber band just to show the resistance factor. But people pick up a lot of things. And a lot of people to try to force their aims only to find out it's resistance there. Because whatever they picked up as a tool to have their aims forced in the attempt to achieve something, they find out it wasn't theirs in the first place. It wasn't theirs to pick up. And, of course, that aim is not going to be achieved the way that they initially thought because that's not the aims they were supposed to be aiming towards. It backfires every time. It might not be as quick as the rubber band example I provided, but it sometimes comes back snapping just like that. Hitting people in the face, knocking things out, causing bruises, marks. It could be any type of goal, any type of aim they're aiming towards. A bad opportunity, anything. But it all boils down to a person forcing their aims to go in a direction God never told them to aim towards. God never told them to pick up those aims. God never told them to force those aims. But as they were doing what they wanted to do, the Lord revealed to them, Okay, you keep picking up stuff, you're not listening to me. Keep playing with that rubber band. Keep playing with it because that rubber band, the way I designed it, It won't let you stretch it because it won't go that way. It's going to exert its resistance towards you. And when it exerts its resistance towards you, when it's stretched in a way that it was never designed to be stretched, especially by you, it will hurt you. God tells us these warning signs, but when a person wants what they want, when people want what they want, boy, it's hard to tell anybody anything when they have it in their mind that they want to do what they want to do. And when a person wants to do what they want to do, they pick up, going back to the rubber band example, they're picking up rubber bands not suitable for where they're going, and they are sitting there trying to stretch them oh, trying to aim them towards a target. Now, they don't realize that they look absolutely crazy because somebody walking by saying, well, girl, what what you doing? That's going to backfire in your face. Anybody can see it. But the person, when they are caught up, and oh, that, this is what I want. It's going to work for me. It's going to work. Who can tell anybody anything like that? Their revelation is going to be when they release it, thinking that that rubber band is going to hit their intended target, that rubber band is going to slap them down. That's when they're going to get their revelation. But as I said earlier, that's when people want to start hollering. Oh, rubber band hit me. No. You were stretching something, well, not you, because I know y'all don't do that. That person was stretching something. They had no business stretching, picking up stuff they had no business picking up. Just because you saw somebody else stretching it and it was producing, that wasn't for you to do. Why? Because there were different aims tied to what that person was doing with that of a band. We should not force our aims. We should yield our aims to God's way. And what is that scripture I've been going over consistently throughout this series? That is Isaiah the 55th chapter in the 8th through the 9th verse. And this is what it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. When we force aims, it creates major consequences for us to endure. What I want to do is target in on some of the consequences force aims apart from God can produce in a person's life. Before I share them, I want to give a scriptural account of some people who forced some aims and what happened, and when you get a chance, I encourage you to read First Samuel the eighth chapter in its entirety. But the snapshot is, God served as king for His chosen people, okay, the Israelites. So God was the king. The Israelites didn't have a man as king over them. God was their king. God led them in every situation they ever encountered. Everything they went through, God was their king. Now God appointed priests over them, and then God appointed judges over them. The judges served as leaders in the nation, and the judges handled disputes. The judges handled matters and issues, all while keeping God first. And This was to serve as an example for the people to follow. They were supposed to see that, okay, God is king, God is first. God appointed priests to carry out his word and share his word and declare his word to the people. And God appointed and ordained judges to keep things in order. Whenever there's a dispute or a matter or an issue, God put people in place so things could be handled properly. Okay, the children of Israel didn't need a king because God was their king. But the people went to Samuel, who was a priest, and Samuel served as a righteous judge also. But the people went to Samuel and told him that, hey, Samuel, you getting old. And on top of that, you know, your sons, they're not taking their job seriously as judges and priests either. Before God and man. So, we've been looking at these other nations around us and we see that they have a king. So, yeah, we want our own king. We want a king just like these other people. You know, they got a king to judge and rule over them. So, we want somebody to rule over us. As I said earlier. And when you read it, when you read 1 Samuel, the 8th chapter, you'll see it. God was their king. a matter of fact, God is their king still. Because God is king. Okay? But, just for the context of this motivational aim and just giving a brief snapshot of the scripture. God was their king, but the people demanded that they have a man rule over them and judge them. So, Samuel... God's man prayed to God about the people's request and the Lord let Samuel know that they are not rejecting you Samuel by asking for a man to rule over them but they are rejecting me I am their king and they don't want me to be their king they've rejected me from being the head of their lives they won't yield their aims to me They've done this since the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this very day. So they've rejected me, Samuel, and they have abandoned me. And what they do is they serve other people. They serve other places and things. They serve other aims. And since they reject me, they're going to reject you, Samuel, because you are a representation of who I am to them. God knew the people's hearts and God knew that they want to force their aims. God knew their minds were made up and God told Samuel to warn the people of what will happen when their ungodly aims, when their aims apart from God are forced. So God warned the people of what will happen when you force aims That God is not even in. God let the people know. This is what's going to happen. When you force aims. That God didn't authorize for your life. Now what I'm going to do. Is read those warnings. God told Samuel to share with the people. If they continued on with this pursuit. Of trying to achieve these forced aims. And this can be found in 1 Samuel, the 8th chapter and the 10th through the 22nd verse. Here it is. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself to his chariots, and among his horsemen, and they will run before his chariots. He will appoint them for himself to be commanders over thousands and over fifties, and some to do his plowing and to reap his harvest, and to make his implements of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and your female servants and your best young men and your donkeys and use them for his work. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves shall be his servants. Then You will cry out on that day because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you on that day because you have rejected him as king. Now, you just heard the warnings that God told Samuel to tell the people if they force these aims, this particular aim. You heard it. And when you read it, you'll see it. But what did the people say? Who demanded the forced aim. What did they say? It says, nevertheless, this is verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but there shall be a king over us. Doesn't that sound like individuals, whether it be yourself or somebody you've heard, when you want what you want? No, I'm doing my way. I, this is what I want. Let me go back. Nevertheless, the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but there shall be a king over us, so that we may be like all the nations around us, that our king may judge and govern us, and go out before us and fight our battles. Samuel heard all the words of the people, And repeated them to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, listen to their request and appoint a king for them. So Samuel said to the men of Israel, go each man to his own city. Boy, that's serious. And you've probably been there before. Or somebody's probably done it to you when somebody wants to force something. They want what they want. They've made it clear this is what they're going to do. They are not going to listen to sound reason. They're not going to talk it out. They might even avoid you because they already have their mindset, this is what I'm doing. Or they're just bold with it. No, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. This is what I got. This is how it's going down. This is what it is. When that happens... All you can do is do what Samuel did. You pray about it, Lord. I know you heard them. But let me just tell you what they said. This for me. I know you heard them. This is what they said. This is what they're doing. This is what they're going to do. Lord, I know this is not right. I know what you've done. Things are going in an opposite direction. People are getting distracted. Lord, I This ain't right. I'm telling you what happened. Lord, here it is. I'm praying to you about it. But then when it's time to deal with that person who's got their mind made up and their aims are forced. And they're adamant about it. All a person can do is, okay. All right. It's not the fact that the person is agreeing with what they're doing. But the okay is, okay. It's nothing I can do in this situation. I can't convince you. I can't persuade you. I can't force you. So, okay. All right. And you have to just walk away. Leave it alone. (laughs) But one day, they are going to cry out because what they forced is not what they wanted. It's just how it goes down every time, every time I don't care what the situation is. that's how it happens that's That's how it happens Now, by using this historical account, let's go through and just view the consequences. Some of our forced aims, or not you, but some of the consequences some people deal with when they force aims, okay? Number one, point number one, target number one, forced aims cause people to demand things. They have no business demanding. Look at the people in First Samuel, the eighth chapter, when you read it, when you really go through it and read it. Look at what these people were saying and doing. It's no different from what people do today. People demanded a king. They demanded an aim. What does demand mean? It means to ask for something forcefully. Asking for something in a way that requires attention or some action. So the people weren't going around, going back to scripture, the people weren't going around politely asking for a king. No, they were riled up and ready. In your Bible, it says the people, the Israelites, God's chosen people, God's children, gathered together. It was a group. They already talked about this. <laughs> this information about warning the king was not happenstance. It wasn't by happenstance, no. They were thinking about this for a minute. They were thinking about it for a while in order for people to gather in order for people to come to a consensus about something, in order for people to bring their demands collectively to God, they had to talk about that. That did not happen overnight. That never happens that way. They might say, I, I, it just happened. It just, I just thought about, you know, a king, and we just had a committee, and we just had a, It didn't happen that way. A person starts it, they get a committee together, They try to get some people to co-sign on it. They have these secret meetings. They start signing these secret petitions. They start doing their campaigns. And then when they get everything together, they think they have, you know, some force behind their aim so they can do what they want to do. That's when they want to come out and think they have these strengthened numbers and bring their demands to a person or to God. Because they think they have it all together. and Then they want God to bless what they have going on, although they're going around saying, I just, I just thought about it. It's not forced. Yes, it is. God saw them pick up that rubber band. He saw them stretch something that they were not supposed to stretch in a direction that it was never intended to go. God watched them do that from the jump. God saw it. That brings me to my next point. Forced aims, number two, forced aims cause people to do things in secret and then openly get a team to co-sign on their wrong. That's what the people did in the scripture. That's what people do in life. Well, some people, they get together, they talk about something, because they're the ones who want that aim enforced. So what do they do? They start rallying troops. They start getting people to feed on their idea. They're giving people, okay, if you do this, man, this is what you going to get. This is your part. This is what you'll receive. If you, yeah, you see why this aim is so important, why it needs to be forced? Because we got to make change. We, we got to do all of that. All of that. And instead of yielding their aims to God, they'll force their aims in an attempt to cause people to do things in secret and then get their team to co-sign on what they're doing and then showcase their team. Yeah, yeah, we thought about it. is what we want to do. Point number three, forced aims cause people to create responses to their wrong Ahead of time, let me read that again, forced aims cause people to create responses to their wrong ahead of time. What I mean by that is, going back to scripture, people knew all this time, or all that while, that God was their king. They knew that. They knew the order on how God put things in place for their life. And how God had it set up for generations. God put people in positions to guide them and to lead them. So by these people asking God for an aim to be achieved. That went contrary to what God designed. They had to think of what they would tell the man of God. Samuel. In an effort to support their aim fulfillment and I know y'all go through this boy at least somebody somebody knows somebody whether it's them themselves or somebody in their camp tribe or group their sphere of influence somebody has a aim that they want to force you know the aim is trash you know it's trash You know it goes against God. You know it's basic trash. You know it is. You know it. But before they tell you about that aim that they want you to co-sign on, what do they do? They start giving you these responses that they've already thought about before they even brought the aim to you. They sat there and practiced how they were going to present it to you. And then if you were to say, what? See, let me just tell you what I mean. And then you come back with, now, where's God in that? See, see, let, let me let me break it down because not everything has to be about God. Jesus doesn't have to be in every aim, does he? So let me just tell you how this can benefit you, me, and everyone we know. If this aim can be achieved, I'm letting you know right now. If Jesus can't be in it and God is not in it, it's not going to benefit anybody. So the aim is trash. The aim is trash. But you see how a forced aim... When people are stuck on what they want to be stuck on, boy, they they create these responses to their wrong ahead of time because they want people to co-sign on that aim. Going back to scripture, that's why those people called themselves beating Samuel to the punch before he asked anything. You read it? They came to Samuel. Samuel didn't go to them and ask them, hey, could you explain your forced aims to me? That go against God's provision and protection for you? No. Samuel didn't do that. They went to him. They had to go think about it. It's the same pattern. People do this. It's the same pattern. The word of God is your syllabus for your life's course. The word of God is your syllabus for your life's course. I don't care what course you're in, the syllabus is going to break down. God's Word is going to break down what to expect, what to do in order for you to pass the course. I just felt like I need to say that. But going back, these people already had their responses planned out. They told Samuel, look, you you, old, man. You old. You see how disrespectful that was? <laughs> But I bet when they needed some direction and wisdom on how to navigate through their life's course. They weren't going up to Samuel saying, man, you old, don't be telling me that old. No, they weren't doing that. They weren't doing that. But when it came to their forced aims, they were selective on what they want to tell people. Man, people do that. And these people knew they were wrong. We know they were wrong. And when you read the Bible, you find out and you discover Samuel was a man of God. He was anointed. And when he walked in cities, people were afraid and terrified and shaking because whatever Samuel said happened. And they knew that. They knew God was with him. They knew Samuel was God's man. And some of you listening... People know that you are a man or woman of God. They know that. They know when you come into a room, the whole atmosphere shifts. They know full what they can't tell you certain things. They can't talk about certain stuff. They know if you detect certain things, you shutting it down. They know that. They know it. And they're coming to you asking you, what thus saith the Lord? Will you pray for me? What you think about this? They're doing that. That's why it's disrespectful when those very people who do that, they know when you walk in a room, the whole situation just change. Whatever's not right, start just telling on itself because you're there. It just does it each and every time. You're not even looking for it. It just happens. Inanimate objects fall out because, oh oh my goodness, it just happens. But those very individuals who know that you walk with God and God is with you, they know you're anointed and set apart to do great things for God. Now they can come to you and talk to you about their aims When they're trying to do the right thing. But when they have these forced aims, they feel like they can disrespect you, talk stupid to you, treat you like you're scum, and then beat you to the punch on why they need to fulfill their forced aims. And they know it's trash. They know it. And what do they do? They come with these pre-planned responses to what support their data hypotheses and all of that stuff that don't matter because it's going against God number four forced aims reveal the true intent of the aim somebody can try to hide the reason on why they are forcing their aims but all you have to do is listen and you will discover why someone is forcing their aims. Or you might be the one talking, trying to force an aim, and what comes out of your mouth, which is a representation of what comes out of your heart, lets you know why that aim, or lets others know, let me say that it lets other people know why you're doing or. Or, why a person, because I know, you know, it's not y'all, why some people do what they do. That's why you just sit there and listen. It's going to come out. It might look crazy, and you might be thinking, now, why in the world is that person forcing that aim? Why did they pick up that rubber band and they're trying to aim towards that target, not realizing that that rubber band is not designed to go there? That rubber band is not designed to be stretched that way. That rubber band was not designed for them to pick up. Why are they doing that? Stand around, sit around, linger around long enough. Matter of fact, you don't even have to do that. It's just going to come out their mouth. It, it happens. Just listen. It always comes out. <laughs> and by you being a child of God and you calling to the Lord and he's telling you great and unsearchable things you don't know, you're going to get that information. You're going to be minding your business. It's going to come to you on why somebody forced the name. Going back to scripture, look at the people who demanded the king. They started off telling Samuel, man, Samuel, you, oh, your sons, they so disobedient. They started off with that. But the truth eventually came out of their mouth on why they were forcing their aims the true intent of their forced aims were revealed it's just like that lady I told y'all about in episode one aim exposure she was talking about all these things that happened to her which were unfortunate and not good and on the surface you're thinking oh man you you went through that oh man that's not good and it's not but then when she started talking about things I didn't even ask her, she started talking about the true intent of the aims and how those aims that she forced, Molly her. Straight Molly whopped her. She picked up a rubber band and it caused some damage because she was stretching a rubber band in a direction it wasn't supposed to go. And it happens all the time when anybody does that. In different ways, shapes, or forms, or issues. Now, going back to these people in scripture, they were telling Samuel, Hey, you all, your sons are disobedient. Yeah, those could have been facts. But that's not the reason why they wanted a king. When you read your Bible, you'll see there were other priests who had sons who were doing some detestable things. I'm talking detestable. Well, some people's children were having sex with women at the church and they were married. They were still in offerings. People bringing their offering to God and some priest's Children were stealing the offerings. They were being violent until they got what they wanted. Causing people not even wanting to go to church and give because the way they were living. Why don't we read about those same people saying to those priests, hey, your son's doing X, Y, Z. We, we, We don't want them. We, we want a king. Why didn't they say that before? If Samuel's sons were just so bad. Your son's doing this. Why, why y'all didn't talk about the other man's sons? See, that's not the real intent behind the forced aim. The forced aim is you want to be like everybody else now. That's what that is. See, some people, they try to hide their aims under circumstances and situations that can be seen but the truth will reveal their true intent behind the aim. That's just how it goes down. That's why you have to listen to people and you have to listen to yourself when you realize that you are forcing aims. See, you don't want to cover your aims and all of these reasons on why you're doing what you're doing to justify it. Those reasons will not help the rubber band from not attacking you at the end. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help me. It's not going to help anybody. That's why it's important to be for real with yourself, be honest, and just go before the Lord. Hey, Lord, you know... I really want this to happen. I'm trying to force this. Lord, here it is. And the Lord will deal with it if you give him permission to deal with the aim you're trying to force because once you give it to God, you can't force it anymore. But that's why it's important to listen to what you're saying. Because some people, as I mentioned earlier, they come up with these excuses on why they do what they're doing, but... Both of those things don't go together. They are two separate entities, but somebody's trying to use something as a cover to do what they really want to do. It's just how it goes down. It might sound reasonable. It might sound good. But the aim is to uncover the lies covering up the aim. I mean, are you forcing aims because other people have what you want or what you think you want and you're tired of waiting? Or you think you're lacking in life because your life doesn't look like somebody else's? Because they appear to be prospering? (laughs) And then sometimes they very well are prospering, but you don't know what they did to receive what they have. It could have been done the wrong way or it could have been done the right way. But they put in time and work and they yielded their aims to God and you see the fruit of it. But you just want to, or not you, but a person wants to speed up the aim process, speed up the course so they can get to the now. But they have a lot to learn before they get there. God's taking them through a journey of trust and obedience. But instead of doing what God says to, I want that now. They force something and it backfires on them. Or are you forcing aims because you're looking at stuff you have no business looking at? You're worshipping or a person is worshipping a look. And then they want people to worship them because they want to look like that too. I want to get what I want to get. No. Point number five, forced aims confirm one's rejection of God being their ruler. When a person forces aims, they are forcing their will over God's will. And by doing that, they are knocking God down in rank, rule, and relationship in their life. Because in order for a person to force something in one spot, something or someone has to move. That's how it happens. And if one is forcing their aims and God is not in the aim, that means whatever the aim comes with, what's the point of looking for God? If a person is moving God out of the way to put their aim in God's place or where it's supposed to, God's place is supposed to be in their life, they're not looking for God. They're worshiping that aim now. But praise be to God that he loves us so much that he forgives us and cares for us even in our wrongs. But that's what's happening. And although God loves us and forgives us and cares for us, consequences still occur. There are still consequences to what we do. Sowing and reaping is not going anywhere. The people in scripture, going back to this story, all they kept saying is they wanted a king. They wanted a king. Not understanding, they already had a king. God is their king. God was their king. But they wanted a man to be the one to rule over them. Now, and so many people are making that very same decision today. So many people are forcing that very same aim today. They have a relationship with God. God is their king. God is the king for their course of life. Not people, but they're letting people who have things rule over them. Not even understanding how they acquired those things, but they're letting people rule over them. That's why you can't get caught up. Oh, they have that. Oh, they're with them. And oh, man, uh, they're doing this and that. Okay, I'm going to force my aim because I want my aim to look just like that. Okay, now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know who their king really is. You don't know who is ruling over them. But one thing you should know and be so confident and sure in is that God is your king. Father God is your king and you want him to rule over you because he's never failed you. Jesus is your king and Jesus has never failed you. So don't reject your king for a ruler who doesn't have the capacity, the wisdom, the insight, the fortitude, the discernment, the sovereignty, the protection, the power, the provision to lead you Or the love, the love to lead you in a way or to the way of your God-honoring targeted goals. Number six, forced aims reveal the pattern of disobedience in a person's life. Look at what God said to Samuel. He said, listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you but they have rejected me from being king over them. Like all the deeds which they have done since the day that I brought them up from Egypt even to this day and that they have abandoned, rejected me and served other gods. So they are doing to you also. So now listen to their voice. Only solemnly warn them and tell them the ways of the king who will reign over them. See, the Lord brought up how these particular people, that's what they do. They force their aims. They go against God. Our aim should be when we learn the first time how aims, force aims don't work apart from God. The aim is to never go down that path. Or that route again. See, we don't want God saying that about us. Saying, oh, I put them in the perfect situation to obey me. And there they go, forcing their aims, rejecting me. No, no. We want to live a life of obedience. Even if it means going against the crowd. Number seven, forced aims cause deaf ears to warnings and sound counsel. That's what it does. Just read 1 Samuel the 8th chapter. Read it. God broke it down, told the people, okay, when you force these aims, bam, 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 boom is going to happen. The people did not listen. They had deaf ears to the warnings and sound counsel of God because they wanted what they wanted. Number eight, forced aims rule your life. You might think you're ruling the aim, or a person might think that, okay, I'm going to manipulate this rubber band to go this way. I'm going to rule it, only to find out that uh, the aim is ruling them. When you read 1 Samuel, the eighth chapter, you'll see how, The people try to force an aim, but the aim end up ruling them. God broke it down. Number nine, forced aims will cause you to cry. (laughs) That's what it said in scripture. God told the people in verse 18 in 1 Samuel, then you will cry. He said it. All of these things are going to happen to you that you are trying to force. Yes, you're going to have deaf ears to my sound counsel, but I'm still going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to go through all of this, and you're going to cry. Anybody looks at their life, at the forced aims that they tried to manipulate, whether it was a season, reason, lifetime, whatever it is, that forced aim calls that forced aim apart from God cause that person to cry number 10 forced aims impede a person's spiritual sight and relationship with god well let me rephrase that forced aims impede one's spiritual sight and relationship with god the father god the son jesus christ and god the holy spirit why Because sound counsel is before a person and instead of yielding their aims, they rather reject what God is saying to them. And that causes, that rejection, that disobedience causes a rift in one's relationship with God, the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit is trying to tell someone something. But when a person forces their aims to be apart from God, the Holy Spirit is not going to amen that. The Holy Spirit is not going to okay it either. And we don't want the Holy Spirit grieved. And then we don't want a situation where we don't even hear from the Holy Spirit. Because of just bona fide bold disobedience Doing what one wants to do And just disrespecting God No, we want that channel opened At all times We want that relationship That insight, that revelation That relationship, that presence We want that flowing at all times Even when we are thinking thinking about forcing an aim, we want the presence of the Holy Spirit before us. We want the relationship with God open, right, ready. We want that access because when those forced aims that have nothing to do with God come into our mind, we want the Holy Spirit to say, no, no, that ain't God. No, we want that. We want things to not work out where the angels of the Lord are protecting us and encamped around us, causing things not to be. And we can recognize, okay, normally that's easy. I don't know what's going on. Let me go back home. Let me sit here. I got to think about this. The Lord doing something, and you feel the presence of God, and you can see, ah... No, you want that relationship. You don't want any forced aims impeding your spiritual sight and your relationship with God. Now, if a person goes ahead and they force the aim and they go to God and say, Lord, forgive me, they went and cried out. They asked for forgiveness. They started yielding their aims from that point forward with God, even though they're going through consequences from the previous forced aims. You you still want a relationship with God so he can tell you what to do and how to navigate through everything. That's what you want. But we don't want a situation where a person is not hearing from Jesus. They are not hearing from God. They're not hearing from the Holy Spirit. No, you don't want that. You want to repent? Lord, forgive me. Oh, I ain't doing that. No, oh, I got to talk to God about that. People come to you with these their forced aims, trying to get you to co-sign with their stuff. I gotta go pray about that. Yeah, I, I'll talk to you later about that. I, I'll let you know. But I gotta make a decision now. Well, I, make your decision without me. Cause no, it's a no right now. I gotta go pray. I need to go. No. No. I I'm I'm about to go pray. Well, if you if you don't make this decision right now, I'm never talking to you again. Okay. It starts now? Good. Don't talk to me no more. Bye. That's how you have to be because you don't have time for that. (laughs) You really don't. You don't have time for things that are not meant to be stretched. Not meant to be manipulated going in a direction because somebody's forcing it. that coming back in your face. The resistance in the rubber band is there for a reason. Take heed to the resistance. Now, in the instance where a person is aiming towards God-honoring goals and they experience resistance, that doesn't mean to just stop. If God told you and authorized you to go pursue that goal and you experience resistance, it doesn't mean to stop. It means to take another course of action to have that aim achieved. But the Lord knows how to reveal to you the different forms of resistance. Resistance where it could be somebody not trying to work with you and they're supposed to to achieve an aim or that resistance where you weren't supposed to pick that up you weren't supposed to force that the resistance was serving as a blessing for you a warning for you sometimes resistance when a person is forcing aims that go contrary to God's word And God's plan for their destiny, sometimes resistance looks like a man or woman of God coming into their life speaking truth. Just like in 1 Samuel, the eighth chapter. Sometimes resistance looks like the Holy Spirit letting them know that that's wrong. That's not the aim for you. Sometimes your own actions and your environment can serve as a form of resistance because the environment won't even yield to the aim. Inanimate objects won't even participate. Stuff that normally works, it don't work. Scissors won't work because you cutting up stuff, trying to force stuff, the, the scissors just stop. They just get stuck. They, they don't want to be involved. New pens. You're writing with a pen. You just got the pen out the box. You just bought it. It was writing, but when you start writing that forced aim, the ink just stopped flowing. It, mm-mm. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. You're getting all the pens out the the package or the box, trying to force these aims. You're trying to write these forced aims out, These Those pens are not participating. The cap's not even coming off. But then when you redirect a couple of seconds later and say, let me write a grocery list. The pens heard that. I was like, oh, grocery list? Okay, I'll I do a grocery list. So then the ink starts flowing. And then the person said, yeah, let me go back and write my force aim. The ink stopped flowing. <laughs> Stuff like that happens. But that's a form of resistance. And God can use anything. God can use an animal to enforce resistance regarding an aim somebody's trying to force. Look at that story in scripture with Balaam and the donkey. Balaam was trying to go do something he had no business doing, trying to force an aim. And the donkey had resistance. And the angel of the Lord resisted the aim that Balaam was trying to enforce. Y'all should read that. Look it up. So the aim is to ask God to continue to guide you and check you when you're resisting his position in your life. Now the scripture I would like to leave you with is Isaiah the 55th chapter in the 8th through the 9th verse. And you know it. You've heard it. Y'all gonna know it for sure. Okay. Ponder on this scripture. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Let me go ahead and read these 10 points that I went over. Number one, forced aims cause people to demand things they have no business demanding. Number two, forced aims cause people to do things in secret and then openly get a team to co-sign on the wrong. Number three, forced aims cause people to create responses to their wrong ahead of time. Point number four, or target number four, forced aims reveal the true intent of the aim. Number five, forced aims confirm one's rejection of God being their ruler. Number six, forced aims reveal the pattern of disobedience in a person's life. Number seven, forced aims cause deaf ears to warnings and sound counsel. Number eight, forced aims rule your life. R U L E, forced aims rule your life. Number nine, forced aims will cause you to cry. Number 10, forced aims impede your spiritual sight and relationship with God. All right, yield your aims, don't force your aims, okay? Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to visit drkenitrabryant.com. Enjoy y'all's day. Remain encouraged. Peace and God bless.